Where's it going, Rudy? I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? episode of the reddit horror club if you hear that humming that is the noise of adam's apartment uh because he's having some slight internet issues so he is calling via his phone as opposed to his normal uh fancy schmancy setup uh but i'm joined by both adam and scott to talk about adam's pick uh which go ahead and just say the name of it because i'll get them all mixed up and say them in the wrong order if if you were to say it it would be the cook the safe <laughs> the wife and the lover, but it's the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover. Okay. Um, now, I know how... Well, I don't know. I have a rough idea of how Adam... Or how Scott felt about this movie. I had a really weird experience watching this movie. Because um, I knew nothing about it. I did no research on it whatsoever. Uh, I didn't even look at what year it was... It was made, so when I first started watching it, I really fucking hated it. Because I thought it was some, like, new movie that was trying real hard to to be, like, unique and weird and bizarre. And Except then, Helen Mirren was somehow 20 years younger. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I didn't even recognize that it was her or Dumbledore in the movie until I finally, like, went on the Wikipedia page to figure out what the fuck was up with this movie and then I saw that it was like 1989, and I was immediately super impressed with the movie. Um, I I don't know if this is a film I will ever ever watch a second time. Uh, but I I went from being like fuck this movie, it's trying too hard to be like this this and this, to being like oh this was way before this this and this. Yeah, this uh, was the predecessor to those things. This is what yeah. they're ripping off. Yeah, like, I thought that I was watching something that was made in, like, 2012. Um, You're an idiot. Well, I mean, Netflix's instant... <laughs> Netflix instant's quality of film is actually... The, like, it was a pretty good picture. Uh, it didn't look like footage from an 80s movie. Then how could you not... If the picture was good, then how could you not see that Tim Roth looked like a baby in this fucking yeah, movie? Yeah, fucking seriously. Tim Roth was in this? <laughs> you, like, you, you, you know I multitask when I watch movies. God damn it, Matt. <laughs> hey, Adam, if you want to feel any better, I remember his name, Mitchell. So Mitchell. I did watch this movie. Um, there are definitely things I don't like in this movie. I could do without that little kid just randomly fucking singing songs. He's a castrato, dude. I don't give a shit. <laughs> this um, movie, the, what you need to do, okay, Adam, you know I didn't enjoy this pick. I've already told you. But I do respect it. I just don't like it because it is not a horror movie. And we can get into the whys and why nots of what you... I mean, like, I don't need to go off on a tangent about why I don't think it's a horror movie. I'm just going to say I don't think it is. And then you can tell me why you picked it. You can tell us why you picked it and why you think it's a horror movie. But let me say, what I see this is as 
is a a stage play, a tragic stage play. And I mean, I thought that the whole movie, because of the st- the the stage present, or like the, basically the way they set up the the um, the like sets, the very 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 big, and they are very tall, like they would be if you were watching this in a theater. So I didn't do any research about it to see if it actually was a play first, but um, I appreciate what it's doing, um, and. It's like a it's a tragedy because like pretty much everybody that's important is like maimed or killed, um, but I just um, I don't feel like that two hours is two hours that I spent well. I appreciate everybody in the movie, but this movie is just gross and not good. See, <laughs> I didn't have that much of a hatred for it. I think that it was an interesting film. I'm not, I'm not I, think it was, I think it was a well-shot movie. I don't think it's something it's, that I would ever want to watch again. Cause, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, I, I appreciated it. I would, like, if I was going to rank it on, like, a five-star rating, I'd probably give it, like, a three and a half. Because I think that what it does visually is incredible. Um, what I almost wish this movie would have done, and this is one of those rare instances where I'll watch a movie and be like, well, if I made it, um, I would have actually been really impressed if they had embraced the fact that we are watching a stage show and mm. if not did the whole movie in one take attempt it to create the feeling of it all being one that continuous wasn't a, shot. I honestly don't think that that was a, a, a thing in 1989. Uh, it was a thing in 1950-something when Alfred Hitchcock did Rope in one take. Right, I, 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 I understand, <laughs> like, but I'm saying like, I don't think that it was something that people aspired to in the 80s. Yeah. I mean, I just think that that would have taken the, I There are so many times where I feel like like there's the scene where they go from the restaurant out into the street and it's this one fluid shot where you feel yourself moving between sets. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of would have liked this if the whole movie felt like that. Like the whole movie was just kind of moving between these two or three set pieces, and it it felt like you were watching a live show, um, because it definitely does enough stuff to remind you that this is not reality. Uh, I mean, the curtain closing at the end of the movie was probably the biggest, like, "Hey, it's all a movie," <laughs> kind yeah. of reminder. I, I kind of felt like that was inappropriate. To like, have the it, curtain close. It was too heavy-handed, you know. Like, it should have just been implied. See, and I, I think it should have just went all the way. Um, I will say that it's hard for me to say this movie's not a horror film when I'm pretty sure I never want to see a deep-fried cock again in my life. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's because you like raw cock. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that God, is... Yeah, you know what, I thought that this movie, we weren't going to upset any of the girls on the, the, the podcast, or on the the horror club, and I think we already did just then. Sorry, guys. Hey, I'm sorry, but I, I do not ever need to see a deep-fried penis again for as long as I live. By the way, that wasn't deep-fried. That was broasted. <laughs> it was very lovingly... The, 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 the sauce was like, mm, let me put this on the penis some more. <laughs> and it was predominant in that shot. <laughs> like... Like oh, the yeah. whole they framing... wanted you to look at it. It was oh. front and center. They oh, were yeah. like the looking whole, at it. The whole Listen. framing of that shot was like, we've got to make sure the penis is front and center this whole time. 
Also, two things about the, the, the penis in that last scene. One, if your dick gets that much bigger between living and dying, I can't wait to be dead. Two, <laughs> I don't think that anybody would, would want to eat a penis because there's no meat in it. It's just sinewy and... That would, I don't know. Like that yeah, would not. The, be, if, if anything, it would be the grizzle of the steak. Yeah, like I'd much <laughs> rather like I'd much rather eat a piece of his stomach muscle. Although you'd have to cut through a significant amount of fat. And also, did they disembowel him before they? The, the, and then was he stuffed with like carrots and potatoes and stuff? Because why the fuck are we going into the logistics of whether you <laughs> <laughs> you would actually eat this guy? What what are we talking about here? Isn't that what the movie's questioning? Should we or shouldn't we eat this guy? <laughs> Yeah. Otherwise, I got a totally different read on this movie, and I'm not. Yeah, the movie says you have no choice. I'm gonna shoot you if you don't eat him. Well, listen, he got shot anyway, so I wouldn't have fucking eaten it. Yeah, because he's a cannibal. You kill cannibals. He's not a cannibal until the moment before he's murdered, though. That's the part I don't understand. I don't know it. Okay, I'm gonna. I've let you talk for ten minutes now. <laughs> this to be fair. We only spent three on your movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, talk to us, Adam. All right, I like this movie. I like it a lot. Um, there, There's just enough in there to say that it's got horror elements for me to put it in the club, but the God honest truth is that I just wanted to watch this movie again, and I wanted to have people to talk to it about. So <laughs> <I don't... laughs> I'm trying to find the exact message that you sent me when you made this pick, because I, I remember being something along the lines of, like, you sent me a message, and you're like, oh, man, I really... I really don't know what to pick. It's it's first pick of the round. And then, like, literally, like, five minutes later, you're like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm making them watch this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's another one of those, like, I make my pick, and then for, like, a month, I'm like, ah, fuck. What, what was I doing? What, did I, what was I thinking? <laughs> but, um, okay, so, um, yeah, I like this movie. I like this movie a lot, and it's, it's all apparently. It's all supposed to be an, a, a metaphor, an al- allegory, or whatever for Thatcherism in the UK around the time that this movie was made. What? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, wait, 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 Adam, say it again. For what? Thatcherism. What's Thatcherism? Thatcherism is oh, what Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher, Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. Okay. So it's all supposed to be like an allegory for that. Like Michael Gambon is the rich who abuses and uses and eats the poor. And like the kitchen staff are supposed to be the middle class. And the guy that's there shoving shit in his face in the beginning of the movie is supposed to be the proletarian. So I guess it's all supposed to be, you know, that. I would like it if we just completely didn't have that discussion, though, and just saw it as like the movie itself. Because I think the movie itself can stand on its own without having that political sort of meaning behind it. So, like, I love it. Like, I love everything about all the compositions of the shot, the set and all that. You're absolutely right. It is all set up like a play, like outside is stage left. The kitchen is middle and the the dining room is stage right. Um, And I mean, like, if uh, whoever was complaining about sexism in movies last week, I'm really sorry that I made you sit through two hours of a woman just getting, like, fucking tortured by this horrible bastard. <laughs> like, But to be it, fair, he tortures everybody. Well, yeah, he's pretty non-discriminatory in his, his torturing. Except uh, Richard. What's the chef's name? Whatever the chef's name. He's the only one that he, like, 
reveres and respects at all. And which is ironic. And, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Well, that's I guess like, again because of the metaphor. That's like you know because the upper class needs something from the middle class. I don't. Um, I like the composition of the shot. I like all the I like the acting is fucking top notch. Michael Gambon. It just like chewed this movie up and spit it out. Like he was hard fucking core in this movie. Oh yeah, he was great. I'm not. I think that the acting was phenomenal. It's just not a movie that I would ever ever want to spend time with again. It is just it is it was hard to watch. It was it beautiful, is, but it's hard to watch. It is a hard watch. It's pretty difficult. I mean, right from second one, we're just getting dog shit shoved in our face. Oh, was that a real dog shit? It could have been. I have no idea. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Also, uh, that must have been the best and worst sip of wine that man had ever had. Because one, it's going to wash the taste of dog shit out of its mouth. But two, it's dog shit flavored wine. Yeah, true. <laughs> I don't know. And they were doing a really poor job hosing him off, too. Like, he was not getting yeah, Also, they were hosing him off. And getting, like, shit water spray onto the sh- head chef. Yeah. This is where my yeah. mind went in this movie. Also, can we just take a second and discuss the, um, the, 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 the total, uh, my, my suspension of disbelief was totally destroyed when I was thinking about who the fuck eats out every night? Um, me. Uh, <laughs> he, he owns the restaurant. Yeah, he though. owns the restaurant. Well, but the uh, you'd be surprised. Okay. It's just like a it's just like a bar that has a regular guy, like a regular customer that comes in every night. Yeah, but that, those are called alcoholics. Yeah, well, he's a foodaholic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he might have you know, a lot of much better. Yeah. Except at the end, if they had made him eat himself to death on Michael. Instead of shooting him in the face. Yeah, I mean, I would have been okay with that. I wouldn't have wanted to watch it. <laughs> um, but but it would have been, been cool. Adam, have you seen any of the guys, the director's other movies, perchance? No, and I looked them up, and, and this seems to be his peak. Like, all the other movies seem to be diminishing returns or not as good. And, and I just looking at the plots and stuff for them, none of them really interested me. And, and seeing them because I watched this on Thursday night and or on Thursday afternoon and Thursday night is when I do my uh, my movie night and all these people came over and I had mentioned that I had just watched this and like one dude like lost his shit he's like oh my god he's my favorite director and he like started telling me all these movies that I had to watch by him and uh, they all sound really fucking weird but he kept saying that I had. He's like, if you have three hours to kill, you should watch The Falls, which is like his directorial debut. And like, it sounds like the most uninteresting movie ever made. Like, it's basically a a fictional, like it's like a a mock documentary about how there was this mysterious incident which like killed a bunch of people and left a bunch of other people survivors, but all of them have different symptoms. And it's like you're watching the government tapes classifying everyone that's ever been infected by this thing. And this is just the falls section. Everyone whose name starts with F-A-L-L-S or F-A-L-L. 
and it just goes through person's name after person's name, and it's like a series of short films about what their symptom symptoms were, and like how it affected their lives for three hours. I, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I mean, that sounds like a cool concept, but again, three hours? Fuck yeah. off! I mean, there's no way. <laughs> I feel do it as an hour long <laughs> short, and you you've got my interest. But I, hour isn't I, short. Hours considered short. Anything that is uh, okay, so fifty-eight minute short. Anything under an hour is considered a short film. Really? Yeah. That, That's that, that is that is why uh, there is a, a handful of full moon films. This is absurd, but there's a handful of full moon films <laughs> that are like an hour and three minutes long. But the movie is over at like the forty-eight minute mark. And then the credits just scroll as slowly as possible for the next, like, 12 minutes because they needed <laughs> to get it past an hour in order for it to be classified as a feature-length film. Wow. Yep. Um, fun fact. <laughs> that fact's not very fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like, um, and I mean, I, I don't want to offend anybody if you, but I feel like this is, like, those like film snobs who watch like really punishing shit and then just have to tell everybody about it. Like I find this movie to be punishing and like, really I agree with Scott. It's very fucking hard to sit through. Um, and I, I, I mean, this was only the second time that I've ever seen it. And I think I've, I've had my fill, but I, I think this certainly... has, I think this movie has more substance than some of those. Like, because there was definitely a thing, and that's not even talking about people in this club. There was, there was like a movement. If you watch any of the like two or three movies about VHS collectors, like there is a group of people who just want the most realistic, disgusting ninety minutes of horror that they can get their hands on. Yeah, like those and, August Underground movies. And yeah, shit. and these, and this this Fuck movie at least fun. has substance to it. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't want anybody to think. Also, uh, Canon, who apparently thinks that we're all idiot heathens who don't understand subtext, I get it. <laughs> I get the fucking subtext of these movies. I just don't enjoy them. <laughs> Sorry, that, well, that comment, like, really pissed me off for a second. I was like, <laughs> I idiot. <laughs> I love the guy. I really like Canon. I think that he's probably one of the best, most substantial commenters and and uh guests that on the podcast but i i don't know if he really does think that about us because like i i think that we really do delve into subtext and 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 meta-analysis of movies yeah just because i don't have fun and make dick jokes that's why people don't like us or take us seriously yeah i don't know what canon thinks but i think you guys are a couple of fucking plebs Anyways, <laughs> shut up and eat your human penis. <laughs> um, I'm not even talking about like the really punishing, like realism, violence, gore stuff. I'm talking about those art snobs that are like, oh, I only watch movies, Japanese movies in black and white from 1952 that are 89 minutes of fucking static screen, like static uh, scenery shots and shit, and and they. I don't know. That's the kind of shit that I'm talking about. I feel like this is the kind of movie that would attract those kind of people that are like really. I don't know. I don't know what I'm getting at. Anyways, back to the movie. Um, 
I have notes if we want to go through notes. Yeah, go yeah. through your notes. I love I love the notes segment. Oh my god, wait till wait till Houseu. I have <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, can we just skip the rest of this podcast and go to Houseu because that movie changed my life last okay, night. Okay, <laughs> hold on a second. So actually I will throw this out there because it does kind of relate to something I said earlier. So movie night and I'll get to what we watched when we talk about the what did we watch this week. But movie night afterwards, like four people showed up during like the last five minutes of um, the movie that we had watched. And they're like, oh, well, I mean, if you don't mind, can we put on something else? And I'm like, oh, I, I don't have to be up super early tomorrow morning. So sure. And one dude just goes, you don't happen to have house suit, do you? And I was like, I do have house suit. <laughs> <laughs> So I got to watch it with six people who could not be less interested in watching House <laughs> Really? That movie was amazing. <laughs> anyway. Like, Megan was sitting, I was watching it on my computer, and Megan was watching Friends on the couch next to me. And she would look over and just, like, nudge me and be like, what the fuck are you watching? Are you still watching that <laughs> Japanese movie? <laughs> All right. Well, I can't wait until we're done talking about this movie so we can talk about that one. <laughs> but anyway, Adam, your notes. Go. Alright, so uh, these are pretty disjointed. This is a hard movie to <laughs> take notes on. This more, uh, House is way harder, but okay, we'll get to that. Um, so we're really surreal right off the bat. I'm like, is that Tim Roth? Five minutes later, I'm like, holy shit, it is Tim Roth. Um, and then five minutes later, you're like, holy shit, I just watched Tim Roth vomit. Yep. <laughs> Eating oysters. Um, I just love the compositions of the shot. Like, There's that color scheme thing where like the kitchen is green and the uh, dining room is red, and when people in the dining room are wearing red and they transition over into the kitchen, their clothes all of a sudden turn green. I noticed that, and I was like, that doesn't make sense, but thank you. Ah, oh, that makes more sense. I think yeah. that the art direction in this movie is phenomenal. I really do. Oh, uh, yeah. The director of photography and the art direction are, like, the best things about this movie, and then the acting probably comes second. I don't well, know. I in general, everybody, everybody is underscored by um, Spica. I mean, he's just like he's such a big presence that you can't. It's it's hard to be anything compared to that. Yeah. Well, and Michael Gambon is just so huge on that screen that yeah. it is sort of dwarfing everybody else's performance. Um, I have the note. So uh, this is a question for Scott. Uh, for someone very food centric, are all these food analogies and metaphors satisfying your appetite? <laughs> um, I, you know, one of the most, ironically, the, the, some of the more graphic things that stuck out to me were how fucking gross that kitchen was. Like, dude wearing a, a, a man diaper, like, making custard, um, <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you, you were talking about how they were like spraying shit all over that kitchen. You want to talk about health standards? There's a dude whose his only job is to stand there shirtless and stir sauces all the whole movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like that's that's bad for him. Like sauces pop and sizzle, and oh Jesus Christ, you get like burns on your chest and your man baby belly. And then also when when uh, when the uh, restaurateur, whatever the hell his name is, the cook, um, is like, I, I thought that it was beautiful, though, when he's, like, pulling the duck, of, or pulling the, the, the feathers out of the duck, and it's just, like, fucking snowing duck. Uh, yeah, it was all over the place, yeah. 
I mean, I really appreciate the art sensibilities of this film, but they a lot of the time, I, I, I feel like this is just a disservice to myself, they were killing my suspension of disbelief because they were so unrealistic. Because, like, he was pulling that shit out of the duck, which was also... This is going to make me sound like such a tumblerina, but um, the way that he was like, oh, I, I can't cook a human. And I'm like, well, we got all these dead animals around. What's the difference? You know, like, I, I don't know. I just felt like that it was it was just as graphic to have like that one. He, he was that duck he was holding. He like threw it on the counter and it was like it had like a broken neck. That was a dead animal. That wasn't like a prop. And there was like another person who was like cleaning a fish and you know, like all this stuff. And it was the same thing with taxidermia. I was like, man, this is some gross shit. You know I mean? Those are both picks that you made by the way, Adam, if you had forgotten. Yep. So no, I, I will never forget. It's a flame penis. Yeah. Taxidermia. Let's be honest. Taxidermia was quite possibly the reason why we asked Adam to become our co-host. <laughs> Which is the most ass backwards reason. <laughs> Because <laughs> then it gives him license to pick a movie like this. <laughs> he had anyway, license no, to pick the, this the, whether the he was a co-host or not. But the food was as gross as the shit in this movie. By the way, well, I don't believe that he was saying no to cooking uh, Michael as some sort of moral issue. He was saying no. No, he was he like, was... who would ever eat here again? Well, no, he was. He thought that uh, Georgina wanted to eat him, and he was saying no. You can't eat him. He's you, if you eat him, that that's not going to help anything. He's not going to you know stay a part of you or whatever. Uh, oh, but well, I thought that it was that, that. I think that was a bit of ambiguity, ambiguity in the um, in the script because what I read that or I heard that as was that he was saying to Georgina like I can't serve Michael's bot. I can't serve human in my restaurant. And then she was like, No, 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 it's not for me. And it's not for everybody. It's and then she explain. I mean, like off screen, she explains her plan. I thought that it was him saying, "I can't serve human here," like as like an underhanded thing, and that have random people eating people. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, so I got man. Everyone's gonna hate this movie. <laughs> That's my next film. <laughs> Okay, so a lot of the reason that I feel like this is kind of uh, at least bordering on horror is because the tension that I feel while I was watching this movie was fucking palpable. Like, I, I was, like, knotting my hands together. Like, my heart was like a lump in my throat. I was like, Jesus Christ, this is fucking scary. Like, I feel for these people. I'm so worried for them. Like, And they're just, they're brash and just you know, careless and reckless about it, and it just amps it up even more. And I'm just terrified that at any minute he's going to catch them, and it scared the shit out of me. Um, yeah, no, I agree. He he's a human monster, and I I mean I really did understand the basic concept of what you were getting at with like picking this for horror club. And if anybody is going to be like, "Oh, Scott, why did you say this isn't a horror movie?" and Sunset Boulevard is, I, I would say, you know, like one came out in the fucking 50s and one came out, or 40s or whatever, and one came out in the, you know, 1989, so it makes more sense. But I feel like this is kind of a thriller, 
because it's got that tension. It's where, you know, like somebody may one day in, in round 25 of Horror Club pick Cape Fear or something, you know, and, and or did, I don't know, I can't remember if we've discussed Sounds of the Lambs already. Well, see, but here's my thing. I don't really like the term thriller. I Especially having worked in a video store that had a horror section and a thriller section, um, I... I honestly believe that the term thriller is this like shitty term that that some studio executive came up with to make their action movie or their horror movie seem like it's more Oscar worthy. Um, I, I I worked in a movie store too, so let me counterpoint that. I would say that thriller actually is a designated genre. I think that it's it had because what a all a genre or subgenre is. I mean, it has to have things that happen in every single movie that falls within that specific genre. And for a thriller, it has to be a human-centered, emotional-type film. And it, so it has to focus on the emotions of the victims, more often than not. It has to have a lot of tension and suspense. And it has to have, like, either a human monster or a human aggressor. Like, Silence of the Lambs, I would consider a thriller. See, and I would consider it a horror because it's got a person skinning another person and wearing their skin. And it's the only well, movie based on Ed Gein that isn't considered a horror movie. Okay, and you know what? That's a bad example. How about <laughs> Kiss the Girls, Jennifer 8, any of those thrillers that came out in um, the uh, in the in like the 90s? But see, you know, I, like, I just think that there's serial killer movies where the focus isn't on the survivor girl but the investigator. It's like the only major difference yeah, between those okay. movies. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that like you could make a horror movie that, or you could I could write a horror movie, and then I could package it as a drama or as anything else. I mean, it, just because I wrote it thinking, oh, let me make this horror movie a different genre, doesn't mean that it's still a horror movie. It means it's the genre that you wrote it as. You know, like I I, I really do think that. I mean, I'm not trying to change your mind. I'm just giving you the counterpoint that, you know, just because there are horror influences or undertones in something doesn't necessarily make it a horror movie. I mean, and if we're going to be saying thriller is too ambiguous of a subgenre, there should only be, like, action, drama, comedy, and... Oh, I'm not, and, I'm, and I'm not saying that. I think that there are films that are genuinely thrillers, but I feel like more often than not you constantly hear that phrase being used when a movie's nominated for an Academy Award. And, and half that time, when it's a thriller that's nominated, you look at it and you're like, oh, but this is kind of a horror. Or like, no, this is kind of an action movie. But it's very clear that the Academy Awards do not like to give any acknowledgement to horror or action movies as legitimate as legitimate pieces of cinema. So when there is a smart one or a well-made one, they have to give it that thriller tag so they can continue to not really... I mean, we're talking about a group of people who started off their tribute to horror movies a couple years ago with clips from Twilight. Like, they what? do not give a fuck about our genre. So that's why I'm a little sensitive when it's like, oh, Jaws is a thriller, or, you know, Signs of the Lambs is a thriller, and it's like, listen... You tell five-year-old Matt Kelly that Jaws isn't the most horrifying movie he's ever seen. Like that, <laughs> that is a fucking horror movie. Like, well, listen, this is a this is a huge conversation to have. 
and there's so many yeah, points yeah, counterpoint. <laughs> yeah, that you could. I mean, you could essentially go on with this conversation fucking forever. But so let's discuss it in the thread. <laughs> yeah, that would be a better place. Nope, to put gonna, it. Nobody's going to bring yeah. us information on that. <laughs> uh, so, do you have more notes, Adam? I, I would just like to make a point. So when Matt brought up Silence of the Lambs, he said that that was a bad example. And I guess, is that based on the content of Silence of the Lambs? Like him wearing the skin and eating the guy and, and that kind of stuff? Are you talking Scott. to me or Scott? Scott. Oh, wait. What? Say it again. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. Uh, I was... Matt- I, when Matt brought up Silence of the Lambs as an yeah. example of a horror labeled as a thriller, you said, okay, that that's a bad example on my part. You might be right. That's more horror. And is that based on the content of that movie? Like him wearing the skin, being the serial killer, Hannibal eating people? Well, I mean, I think it's, a, I think it's a, some total. But if we want to nitpick, and the first thing I would say is, Jamie Lee, or Jamie Lee, um, uh, Jodie Foster with the night vision goggle scene is straight out of a horror movie, and so therefore it's a bad example. It is, he's stalking her and she can't see him, and that is very much a horror trope right there. And she's a survivor, she is the survivor girl. Um, you know, you know, I mean, she's got all the survivor girl characteristics. I really, that was a bad example on my part. That's what I meant. Well, now, I mean, would I mean Georgina is a survivor girl too, though. And I mean, if if we're going on like the content, like in Silence of the Lambs, a guy wears a skin suit and Hannibal eats people. In this movie, a man was stuffed alive with his own books and then cooked and fed to another man. And like Georgina, I think it's the presentation. Girl. Yes, I, I I understand, but I also think that it needs to be in the two hours of the movie. What percentage? What rough percentage is uh, is actual like you know, horror tropes? All right, all right. Well, this is a too much, a too long of a conversation to get into. So, um, <laughs> just sort of disjointed, random notes here. Like uh, he's got an uh, obsession with French food and high class society, but then all he ever can seem to talk about is shit and the toilet and like her body and stuff so he's he's trying to put on this like front of of high class you know society shit but really he's just like a vile fucking childish oaf pervert so um, this is basically like if they turned rodney dangerfield's character from caddyshack into an asshole horror character yeah if he was insanely violent and <laughs> drunk all the time yeah um so just again about the like real like the tension that you feel in the movie. Um, when Spica isn't around, there's that one scene where he like goes to the toilet and everybody else is sitting there. And as soon as he walks away from the table, everybody just stops talking. Like nobody has anything to say to each other. Yeah. Well, and, like, that, that's pretty sweet. I, I did notice that. And I like that part because it was kind of like, they're all um, powered by his crazy, like narcissism. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, why would these people be together were it not for this crazy son of a bitch sort of forcing them to be together? Um, so, if you notice in the movie, like, he sometimes has older people, like an older lady at his table and stuff like that. Those people fall asleep. 
like there's three scenes where different people are just passed out or fallen asleep at the table. So I think it's like these people who aren't really afraid of his wrath, like they're older people or they've known him forever or they just stopped caring. These people see that he is completely devoid of any content or anything interesting to say. And they all just pass out and fall asleep whenever they're around him. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, it might not be lack of fear of him, but definitely that they've heard these sto- like that the man only has so many stories to tell. And they've heard them all a million times at this point. Yeah. Um, all right, so there, there, I've only got two left. So there's, the, there's this one scene where it's like super contrasting. Uh, like there's a lot of contrast going on. It's the when the cops are outside and they're trying to get open the trucks. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got Michael Gambon in the restaurant going absolutely fucking insane looking for Georgina and Michael. And we've got, you know, the cops outside right there. So you've got, you know, somebody being a complete fucking psychopath monster feet away and the cops doing nothing about it. And then we've got the the dogs in the street and there's these two trucks that are just chock full of rotting food while these hungry dogs starve in the street right beside it. So I thought that was really cool contrast on both those things. Well, I think that that, I don't know if that's a contrast as much as it's just kind of like showing how, um, how Spica basically owns and runs that restaurant. Like the cops won't even touch it, won't even go inside. Well, yeah, but, um, what am I trying to get at here? More so the dog, the food in the trucks and the dogs and the cops outside. It was all just happening within the same scene, but like hungry dogs starving in the street while truckfuls of rotted food sit there locked and unavailable to them. And then um, the last the last thing I got is, this is my favorite line in the whole movie. <laughs> it's really, it was when he's at the end and she's um, talking to the chef, Georgina, and he's explaining black and how people will pay more for black food. And he yeah. explains that it's like, because black's a symbol of death. And people want to feel like they're powerful over death. And he just says, in that French accent, he says, Ha-ha, death, I am eating you. <laughs> and it was just the best line of the whole movie. <laughs> that, I might have to change my flair, because it's just too funny. <laughs> well, um, I'll save that for next week, but I know what I want my new flair to be. <laughs> All my new flair would be fucking anything, but what is that? <laughs> no way, you're, you're stuck with that for a good long time. For at least two more weeks. Fucking JFT was quoting but quotes himself for I don't even know how long. <laughs> I just then you found out it's a chick and you're like, oh, embarrassing. Oh man, you spoiled that. We were waiting until she got on the show. <laughs> listen 41 minutes into our discussion. That's yeah, true. Nobody's, nobody's listening anymore. All right. So, uh, is there anything that, if there is one or two people still listening, is there anything that you want them to uh, try to discuss in the threads? Nah, I don't care. <laughs> I just wanted to talk to you guys about it. <laughs> okay. So, what did you watch this week? Because I know you said okay. you've got a shit ton that you want to talk about. I have such a long list here. I'll save some. Of them. <laughs> I'll save some of them for the the next one that we do. But 
just a sec. I'll just rattle off a couple of them that I watched. So I watch, like we haven't done this in like a couple weeks. So I have a bunch saved up. Um, <laughs> I watched Showgirls. <laughs> I'd never seen Showgirls, so we suffered through Showgirls. <laughs> it is not as fun as people want to make you believe it is. No, no, no. It's, it's not sexy either. But no, uh, the pool sex scene's not too bad, but. Yeah, but that's I would much rather watch striptease with Demi Moore any day. I've never seen yeah. striptease actually. It's so. actually she's she's pretty good looking in that movie. I mean, she was already kind of cougary age in that film, and I mean, I, I it's been a long time since I saw it, but man, in high school, I was like pretty solid movie. I remember the cover to striptease. Um, all right, what else you got over there, Adam? I went and I saw Into the Woods in theaters. I got dragged to go to that. Um, How was that? It, it There's a part... Okay, it, for like the first hour and ten minutes, it was great. It was actually like this awesome little musical. It was really cool. There becomes a part in the movie where you think that the movie is over. And I implore you, if you go see this movie, to just stand up and fucking leave. <laughs> <laughs> because they do a complete 180 and just fling horseshit all over the fun movie for the rest of it and i i mean i was like this i you know i'm uh, i'm okay with getting dragged to this this is pretty sweet i'm okay and then that second half of the movie came and i was i was fucking pissed i was so mad when we left i was like fuck this movie i fucking hate it i never want to see it again so save yourself that trouble and just get the fuck out of there when that happens and um, then I watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Oh, it's a masterpiece. Oh, it's so good. It's so <laughs> good. Was that the first time you've ever seen it? No, no, no. Okay, no. Jesus. Been, I've been watching a lot of Pee Wee's Playhouse because it was up on Netflix, and we like had the girlfriend's kid watching it. And uh, I, she was like, I don't like this. This is just fucking weird. And I was like, well, why don't we watch Pee Wee's Playhouse? Uh, you, dump, you dump her right this second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know the cast listens to this. Shut up! Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, she's gonna be mad at you. Um, yeah, so we watched that, and, and that was a lot more of an enjoyable experience for her. that movie. So awesome and just charming. It, it's so it, good. It makes you miss that Tim Burton so much. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that his? That's, well, I mean, uh, that's his first feature length. Yeah, directorial debut as a feature length, yeah. And it was great. I wish I had a drop of the charisma that um, Pee-wee has in that movie. Like, he's just so awesome. And that's one of those movies that I find myself quoting on a very regular basis. Specifically the line, I say we let him go! Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the Elvira was right there, too. We just saw, uh, what's her name? Mm-hmm. She Peterson. was... She was supposed, or Pee Wee was supposed to have a cameo in yeah. Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Yeah. But. He was filming Big Top Pee Wee. Yeah, he was filming Big Top Pee Wee, because that was like their deal, because they did the groundlings together, was she would appear in Pee Wee's, his first movie, and he would appear in her first movie. Yep. All right, so that's uh, that's it for now. I'll save the rest for the next one. Scott? Um, I had an eventful week. I saw on our horror, um, for once I'm not going to talk shit on our horror, uh, somebody posted uh, an article that was like, um, 
five, are, are werewolves the next big thing in horror? Here are five werewolf movies that have recently come out. And I watched Where, W-E-R, mm-hmm. and Wolf Cop. Where was decent. Wolf Cop was fucking phenomenal. <laughs> I highly recommend everyone, everyone in existence, to fucking watch Wolf Cop. So good. So fucking just goofy. It's a Canadian movie. Absolutely Canadian. Um, so, Adam, you'll you'll feel right at home. But it, it was... Um, it wasn't as funny as I thought it was going to be. Like, it wasn't as over-the-top silly, which actually worked to its advantage because um, a lot of the jokes were kind of subdued and there wasn't a whole lot of, like, uh, really toilet humor jokes. Uh, there is one, I mean, it's in the preview, where um, Wolf Cop pisses on somebody and... Um, you know, and he fucks another chick when he's a wolf. I mean, that stuff's all in the preview, but, um, I mean, it, I thought it was a solid indie film. I thought it was a great story concept. Um, it was just fun. I highly recommend it. It's best movie I've seen this year. <laughs> all right. Second best. Sorry. How Sue was, is the best movie I've ever seen, actually. Oh, don't spoil your review. Um, do you have any other ones? Um... I think I've just been front loading my my uh, round eight horror club stuff. Yeah, nothing nothing else really worthwhile. I'm kind of on a break from uh, from all of my um, superhero TV shows. The only thing that's actually currently um, coming in every week is uh, Agent Carter, which is um, really good. Yeah, I've heard uh, good Megan, things about that. Megan loves it because um, Peggy Carter. I mean, who's in Captain America: The First Avenger? Um, is a total badass and is just kicking dudes' asses every week. And Megan's like, she's such a badass. I love her. And I'm like, I, I do too. But her boobs are far too big for her to be a superhero. Like, I just wish they had picked somebody who was a little bit more flat-chested. Um, which then puts oh, in... I'm never going to hear that. Scott again. <laughs> Dude, she has giant boobs. And it is totally, totally, like, inappropriate for her to be beating the shit out of dudes in a pencil skirt and like double d boobs like it just it's just it really takes me it, it it hurts my suspension of disbelief as i'm watching agent carter all right uh so <laughs> so so matt aside from watching house with six people that did not appreciate the masterpiece that it is they, well, it wasn't so much that they didn't appreciate it it was that they had a million and a half questions not understanding that that is not a movie that you question it okay, is a movie okay, you experience for that movie. David, David, we gotta say it but so <laughs> I will talk about uh, I'll split up what I what I have to talk about into two different because we're recording how Sue after this um, so the first thing I want to talk about is what we watched at movie night because it was my second time watching this movie. And I really, really think that there is a solid chance, if not in round nine, in round ten, this will be my pick, unless someone snags it from me. But uh, the Phantom of the Paradise from 1974. Yeah, you've been that's been on your list. Dude, I think that movie is so fucking funny and so good and so bizarre and weird. Um, have either of you seen this movie yet? No. no. Okay. It's, it. it's pre it's pre Rocky Horror Picture Show. I think it's like seventy three or seventy four. Uh, it's a it's a horror 
rock opera adaptation of Phantom of the Opera, the story of Faust, and the story of Portrait of Dorian Gray, all smashed into one movie, uh, starring Paul Williams, uh, best known for writing The Rainbow Connection for the Muppets movie, who wrote all the music in this. And it's like this like this disco rock club that he's the owner of, and he's trying to find the perfect like show to like do the grand opening, and he steals the this play from another guy, and when he's trying to break into the club slash record company to like stop it from happening, he gets his head stuck in a record press, and it deforms and deforms him and takes away his voice, so he starts to haunt the club in a Phantom of the Opera style mask, but it's just like. Like there's rock music in it. There's like a group that's all fifties doo wop music. There's like oh, a psychedelic. It's so fucking good. I'm um, so sold. I'm so sold on this movie. Let's do it. All I had fifties rock. And it's uh, it's it's Edgar Wright's like favorite movie of all time, which I just thought was a fun little like side note. He there's like a YouTube video that you can find that's just three minutes of him doing a commentary for the trailer, explaining why the trailer is one of the worst trailers ever made, and the movie is, like, way better than the trailer that it got. Um, the next thing that I watched was uh, just kind of cruising through Netflix for something to watch. I stumbled upon a movie called Bad Johnson. Bad Johnson. Came out uh, in 2014, and it's about this dude who cheats on his girlfriends left and right, and he's always blaming it on his dick. He's always like, hey, man, my dick's got a mind of its own. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he wakes up one morning, and his penis is gone and has become a full-grown man. (laughs) That is just the embodiment of, like, the most asshole-ish, sex-addicted person in the world. And, uh, yeah. It's It's the comedy version of Bad Biology. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's got some pretty funny moments in it and like it takes a couple turns that i didn't expect it to take where i was like oh this is just gonna be like a fun stoner buddy comedy but then like it definitely takes these moments where it's like oh no his his penis is now trying to kill people like oh shit like it's kind of ridiculous um I don't think it's like the greatest movie that's ever been made, but uh, I, I've had worse experiences trying to kill 80 minutes with something that I found on Netflix. And the final thing I want to talk about, unless I've already talked about this on here before, but uh, Curiosity got the best of me, and I decided to give Tusk a shot, and yeah, uh, and fuck that movie. <laughs> yeah? yeah. That movie. yeah. People in the threads are saying that they loved it, but I mean, I don't... Yeah, anybody's no, fucking opinion no. anymore. <laughs> I could, I could do, I could do a full episode of everything that Tusk does wrong. Um, but the simplest thing I'll just say is that it has a really legitimately, genuinely well done final shot. And then immediately after that final shot, instead of closing music over the credits, it's clips from the podcast episode where Kevin Smith and Scott Mosier created the movie live and and uh they're literally cracking jokes about the one genuinely touching moment in the movie and like laughing about it and it completely shows that this movie is a misfire left and right because if he was trying to make a comedy he failed at the comedy 
uh, and instead just made a really shitty horror movie, and then what he thinks is like the funniest punchline of the movie is like the only dramatic moment in the movie. So I don't know what the fuck happened to the Kevin Smith that I used to love, but his last like three or four movies have been a chore to get through. Um, the only thing I'll say about Tusk is that I liked it more than Red State and Cop Out, but that's not really like a massive achievement in any stretch of the imagination. Um, wow, so you you must have really hated the shit out of Red State, eh? Dude, I fucking couldn't stand Red State. I thought Red State was like an awesome first five minutes where I'm like, oh man, this might actually be good. And then it turned into like a 45 fucking minute speech. <laughs> and I was like, ah, oh, and I'm done. It, whatever it had going, it lost. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right, so in two weeks we'll be discussing Wolf Creek 2. We, I'm hey. pretty sure we never discussed Wolf Creek 1. But I'm told by both Discreetly Red and everyone I've heard who's reviewed this movie that you really don't need to see the first Wolf Creek to watch Wolf Creek 2. And uh, that's probably true, because the first Wolf Creek sucked balls. Uh, But but next week, we will continue our discussion (laughs) (laughs) on House Sue, and here's the trailer for that now. House. I see in your eyes where tomorrow is hiding in my heart. There's a bell ringing loud at the touch of your lips. Down the まぶしくて怖いのよ。日の光が。かからないわ。ご所有。<笑><笑> 